Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your hey, man. Hello, Edwin. You doing all right today? Buddy, if I was any better, I guess I'd be, what'd you say? Swimming in a tub of butter? Swimming in a tub of butter. Yeah, See, roll, roll around, back. Rolling around in a tub of butter. Rolling yeah, around in a tub of butter. Yeah. Was any better? Good, 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 good. <laughs> I mean, I, I get that that just sounds absolutely gross, but it's, you know. Yeah, it yeah. does. <laughs> but that's just how rich but, you are. But, but yeah, that's how rich you are. <laughs> let's, so let's, that's how good I'm back feeling. To, let's get back to Matthew chapter 10 <laughs> before this thing spirals out of control. Yeah, okay. It's just people's <laughs> like, oh, I guess I should listen to the last episode. Uh, so today we are going to be reading from Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to pick up in verse 27. Going to read verse 27 through 39 in the New King James Version. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. This paragraph, these two paragraphs that you've just read, I think turn the Jewish hope and expectation that they had during the time of Jesus Christ on its head. The hope and expectation as as far as a Messiah yes. and who a Messiah is? And, and what he was coming to accomplish. Okay. The perspective at the time was he's going to come in here and he's going to turn the Jews against the Romans, right. the Romans against the Jews, and the Jews are going to come out on top. The Jews are going to kick the Romans out of our homeland, mm-hmm. and, and maybe even we'll take over the Jews, we'll take over the entire world, and it'll be this wonderful kingdom of peace. We're going to have a kingdom of peace because we have run out the enemies right. who are the Romans. The Messiah conquering the nations and ruling with the iron. But giving peace mm-hmm. to the Jews. Mm-hmm. He says, but don't think I've... Don't think I've come to do that. Uh, Actually, I'm bringing a sword, Mm -hmm. and the dividing line is not going to be the family of Israel versus the families of the nations. Actually, this is going to be a dividing line among Israelite families. It may not just be a messianic expectation that gets turned on its head, but even the way society and culture operated, I mean, the family was a very strong unit. We live in a time of such 
radical individualism today. I mean, just individualism gone to seed. We can hardly imagine the communal constraint of everyone that he's talking to. The idea that someone might choose Christ and it could cost them their family uh, is, is, I mean, it's beyond novel. Beyond novel. For, for Jesus' day. Yes. Absolutely. And, but... But even still, it's this idea that, look, even among this Jewish nation and among these Jews who have been looking forward to a Messiah, looking forward to the Christ, the King who's going to come and usher in a golden age of peace for the nation of Israel, he's saying that's not what's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of, if you will, civil war in Israel, down to the point that there are going to be fathers and sons that are opposed to each other, and there are going to be mothers and daughters that are opposed to each other, and there are going to be brothers and sisters that become opposed to each other. The sword is not just going to be between Israel and Rome. It's going to be between Israelite and Israelite, depending on how they take Jesus. Well, and it's, it's, a, it's a sword that cuts, cuts at hearts. I mean, honestly, he talks about where is your love and where's your first love? Is it going to be the Christ or is it going to be the family, right? Sons and fathers and daughters. We've come back to something that he had warned uh, earlier about in the chapter, uh, as I recall, um, when he was talking about betrayal that his apostles would know or his disciples would know, who's the ones that would cause them to be in front of governors and scourged in synagogues? He said it would be their own family, their own kin. And he comes back to that again here. Uh, now it seems to be kind of the shoes on the other foot. What are you going to choose? Are you, as my disciple, going to choose me first? We 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 we. We see that that's going to be a mark of a disciple because the ones that don't will choose to persecute you. So I admit that this turns the hope and the expectation of the Jews at that time on its head. But I also have to admit that coming to this passage in Matthew 10 actually turns my understanding on its head. Oh, yeah? Because I've read a passage... And we've talked about a passage right here around this table behind these microphones where Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. I expect the son of God to be the ultimate peacemaker. But now he says, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. What is up with that? You do wonder how those two things can go together. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't know how rhetorical that question is. My take on how this works, it is rhetorical enough to get you to say, "Here's my answer." Here's my answer. <laughs> it, I mean, Jesus is the peacemaker. There is an enmity and there is an antagonism. Antagonism, okay, ultimately between man and God in the role of sin. And he is the only one who can make a peace there and a reconciliation there by his sacrifice upon the cross to pay for those sins, to forgive them, to remove them, so that there is no longer an enmity. And that is an ultimate peace. And so from that peace between myself and God, then we can work out from there to show how there can be peace, fellowship restored between brethren, 
you know, if, if God can forgive me my great sins, I can find it in my heart to forgive those who sin against me, which of course is also in the Sermon on the Mount. There is the way of peace. And that's what I can offer as a child of God and as a disciple, to be that peacemaker, a willingness there to make peace. But that really is the way of Christ, exclusively the way of Christ. When we come here to Matthew 10, we're seeing people who out and out reject Christ. There's a warning about those disciples who are walking his way for a time, but when faced with persecution or trial or these hardships even in the home, they will renounce Christ, they will leave Christ, and there is not peace to be found there. Now, now when I forsake Christ and I recant Christ, I'm sinning again against God. I'm reintroducing enmity between myself and God. And if I don't have peace between myself and God, then then where is the room to make peace with other people? I'm, I'm going to just create more sin down the road. I mean, it, okay. that's where I'm coming from in some of this. The, I mean, it's it's obviously clear. Here's the statement that seems the exact opposite of just about everything else Jesus says. In fact, even his way of bringing peace is to not wage war, but to let war be waged against him mm-hmm. as they take him to a cross. And it, I, I remember what Paul said, as much as depends on you, be at peace with all people. Yeah. And I think we see Jesus setting that, ex- that exact example mm-hmm. as much as depends on him yeah it actually is about peace yeah what Jesus is admitting here is it doesn't all depend on him mm. he's, he's coming into a midst of a warring people and I, I kind of imagine it like this how many times have you seen a movie where you, you've got folks they're pointing guns at one another and one of them says oh wait a minute it shouldn't be like this you know what and he steps out and he says hey look I'm unarmed I just want to talk I just you know we just need to talk and, um, you know, most of the times in those movies, you know, they, they'll throw one side throws its guns down and the other side throws its guns down. And then they finally talk and, oh, there's wonderful peace. Rarely in those movies does it happen the way it happened for Jesus, who who came before people and he and he knelt before people and he pulled out the sword and he and he proffered the handle to the others in front of him in a show of peace and saying, look, I'm unarmed. I'm not here to hurt you. And, and what they did was grab the handle of his own sword and impale him on it. Yeah. You, you know. Well, and I think even in the illustration about the movies, we're always kind of waiting for the double cross. Yeah. Uh, you're talking a good game, but you're going to pull a sword out of your, your, your back belt or something. Yeah. And so, you know, one side throws their guns down in a show of peace, and the other side says, why, thank you, and then blows them away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what Jesus is demonstrating, I think, here is, is, is the first statement, blessed are the peacemakers, is Jesus' proper intent— this, I come to bring a sword, not peace, is the pragmatic impact. Mm-hmm. He's going to come in with this offer of peace, but he's making the offer of peace to warring enemies, many of whom are just going to take that offer of peace and take advantage of it and wage war and and harm yeah. and persecution. And divide. I mean, I, I think of the, the sword is certainly a a picture of dividing line and division. As we go back over this chapter, you earlier went back to where Jesus had actually already brought this up, that members of our own household, our sons, our daughters, our fathers, our mothers, our siblings, our friends, they're going to betray us. It's 
Yeah, verse 21 and 22. Yeah, th- this has actually been a theme within this chapter. As we look at those different passages, I think we do see Jesus giving us two pieces of advice, two instructions. And the first one is, look, you got to love me more than you love your family. Mm-hmm. You just need to understand, not everybody in your family, even if you raised them yourself, not everybody <laughs> in your family yeah. is going to love me. Mm-hmm. You've got to love me yeah. more than them. If yeah. you follow after them, if you decide that it's more important to to be with your parents or your children or your siblings than to be with me, that's not going to save them and it's not going to save you. And so instruction number one is, look, love Jesus more than your family. Yeah. And that hurts. Yeah. That's, that's man, that's that's a sacrifice. Well, because we get this picture of discipleship that says... It is all or nothing. It is all in. He's not lowering the bar for various compromises here. And so when we are Christians and that's our outlook, I'm all in. I love Jesus more than anything. It it hurts. And it goes back to even allowing the dead to bury their own dead. Yeah. You don't, you yeah. know, look, you know, nothing, nothing to delay your service, nothing to procrastinate it, nothing to distract from it. And then the second piece of instruction that Jesus gives in this is endure to the end. Endure all the way to the end of this. Even if the end is your own physical death, your body being killed and your soul and body being separated, don't fear the people who can kill the body. Right. Fear the one who can destroy the body and the soul in hell. And so verse 39 says, he who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. And there again, you you have the reversal. You think I need to preserve my life now. No, you don't. You're going to lose what really matters if you do all to preserve your life now. Follow me. And he calls all of that taking up a cross. Mm-hmm. And that sounds to me like a good conversation for tomorrow. What do you think? Yep. I think tomorrow we'll talk about bearing the cross. Well, it's been a good conversation with you today, a painful one, a hard one. But I'm glad we've been able to talk about Jesus, our King, and our love for Him. And uh, love to ask people to rate and review the podcast, share it with others if it's beneficial. And we look forward to having another conversation tomorrow. Let's wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, it is um, exceedingly hard to think about the sword that comes between friends and between family members, for, for those who will not accept you as king, who will follow their own appetites and pursue the wide way and listen to the false prophets, and the fact that they will trample the pearls underneath their feet and then turn and attack us. It just It's painful to think about that. But Lord, we do want to kneel and offer peace, even though many will bring back a sword against us. And we do that because we know that in eternity you win, that your kingdom is filling the earth, and that ultimately your kingdom will prevail, and that ultimately we will be with you in the final full fulfillment of your kingdom. And we are excited for that time when all who have surrendered to you and confessed your name and your son's name will be exalted just as he has been exalted. Give us the faith and the strength and the discipline and the support from one another to hang on to the end. We love you, Lord God. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. 
I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.